Facility Base is the angle has landed. Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne with Worldview Truth, and we are at the FPEA, Florida Parent Educators Association here in Orlando, Florida. And I have with me Susan Swift. She is a pro-life attorney. And there's a little row that we have here at FPEA. It's called the Liberty Row, a few other things, but that's pretty much what it is. And you are on that row. And just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about what your efforts are. In, um, in fighting and what your fight is in the pro-life movement. Sure. Um, well, again, my name is Susan Swift. I am the Vice President of Legal Affairs at the Right to Life League, and that is America's first pro-life organization. We were founded in 1967, long before Roe versus Wade was even a thing. Uh, what we did, we were founded by pro-life doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens in California. They decided they needed to go up and lobby then-Governor Ronald Reagan against signing the very first therapeutic abortion bill called the Bielinson bill. So these doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens went up there, they got a 15 minute visit with Governor Ronald Reagan that went over an hour. That 15 minutes extended wow. over an hour. And during that time, um, Ronald Reagan finally understood that you know, abortion is not health care. Uh, this was before ultrasounds, before mm. you you know you knew that, that it's really a baby, it is not a clump of cells, So and he didn't realize this. And once these doctors and lawyers and concerned citizens spoke with him and, and showed him the facts about abortion, he was very dismayed because he had promised the Democrats that he would sign the Bielinson bill. And he felt very dismayed because he'd given his word and he said, well, I've given my word to them and I, I can't break my word, but I promise you, the Right to Life League, that I will never again sign another pro-abortion piece of legislation. And he kept his word all the way through his presidency. Wow. So that's our start. That's how the Right to Life League got started. Just a side note. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan was the first candidate that I ever campaigned for. I was freshman in college when this wow. happened. Mm -hmm. you're, now you're trying to figure out how old I am. But I was a freshman in college, and uh, we um, I, he came to our school. Yeah. And he spoke at our school, and it was, a, it was a small, small, private Christian school. And I was absolutely dumbfounded, and I said, wow. This is the guy that we have to get in office, and that's that yes. was my first campaign was, was yes. with Ronald Reagan. He was electric, and he I mean he was a, a union president, right? I mean he, he had he'd been in union, he had right. been a film star, he was a leader all the way through his life, and and he was such a gentle man and such a, a, a quality character. We were so blessed to have him as our president. He was the first president that I was able to to vote for myself. So I, I, I mean, he really was a very, very pro-life president and uh, followed up by, by President Donald Trump. Uh, so we, we have both of those presidents to credit for uh, the pro-life movement really in, in uh, the nation now because uh, Donald Trump did turn around, uh, you know, the, 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 the death camp that was, you know, the, the Supreme Court, right? right? Roe versus Wade was overturned because President Donald Trump appointed three uh, strict constructionists to the Supreme Court. Everybody wants to, they want to smear them as Republicans or Democrats. No, there, there's a difference in the justices. You either have a strict 
constructionist, who is somebody, a justice who looks at things and says, I'm going to look at our Constitution and I'm going to compare whatever this law is to see, was that within the founders' uh, idea? Was, was this within our Constitution or not? And if it is not, then it falls outside of our Constitution and therefore I, I, it's beyond our scope. So that's what a strict constructionist does. It, it looks at just applies the law. A liberal constructionist is somebody who, or an activist, rewrites the laws to fit a new agenda. And so we were very, very blessed that, that Donald Trump appointed three strict constructionists to actually examine new laws, right. or, or cases, I should say, that are, that are construing the Constitution. And that is how we ended up with the Dobbs decision, which of course everyone knows has overturned Roe versus Wade. It has cured the error of almost 50 years that said that abortion was a fundamental right of women and that it was some sort of health care. And now we actually, as I believe he just said a few days ago on the news, he, meaning Donald Trump, he has restored negotiating power to pro-life individuals and pro-life legislators and, and the movement right. so that we can now... Uh, we, now we have half of the states. I think 27 states have enacted some sort of restriction on abortion. We don't have abortion on demand anymore, and that's a very good thing. We're saving lives. So explain real quickly um, mm -hmm. what what the Supreme Court actually did when they overturned Roe v. Wade, mm -hmm. because a lot of people think, oh, they overturned it, so therefore um, it's illegal in every state in the, in the, in the union. And right. that's they, not... Yes, they, people understand. What, explain yeah. exactly what that meant. Right, people don't understand. Um, they, and they, they actually believe the lie, the hysterical lie right. from the pro-aborts that now abortion is somehow illegal all over the United States. That is not true, sadly. Right. But what, what Roe versus Wade did originally, it, it created a new right out of whole cloth. It, it, it invented an, the idea that you could have these uh, different uh, trimesters and you would balance the right of the state versus the right of the woman, et cetera, et cetera. And then it went on a little further with Casey, this, the subsequent case, that basically tried to make it a fundamental right. And this is without any historical background that, that if you look back through the Dobbs decision, that was uh, Justice Alito, he was very careful. He went back through the, the history of the United States, the jurisprudence, and he said, never in the history of the United States, in any of our founding documents, in any of our laws, have we ever uh, said that there's some sort of fundamental right for a woman to kill her unborn child. That is, That doesn't exist. And what Dobbs did was it, it examined uh, the question of abortion through the historical lens and whether or not does the federal judiciary, does do the federal courts have jurisdiction over this matter or not. Right. And that is because our Constitution limits our federal government. That's the whole idea of it. The founders were brilliant. They said, we don't want centralized power in Washington, D.C., of big government. We want to control, we want limited government, so the judiciary is limited in its scope. And Justice Alito and the, 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 the six Supreme Court justices who sided with him rightly decided that the issue of abortion is not in our Constitution, and therefore it is one of those issues that is automatically reserved for the states to decide. And so Dobbs simply corrected the error of Roe versus Wade, which had put this big federal stamp of approval on abortion. It had federalized, it had taken the, the issue of abortion away from the states, and it forced abortion 
throughout the America, which was against our Constitution. And so it's, it, it replaced that with the, the rule of law that should be it. It corrected an error, just like Plessy versus Ferguson, you know, the, the whole idea of, of slavery. We, we corrected that. The, the Supreme Court has overturned uh, former former decisions that have that that had legalized slavery right. and and all of these people who are now demanding well that we needed to use stare decisis to reinforce Roe versus Wade. Would you have used stare decisis to reinforce the decisions that said it was all right to own people? Of That's course right. you wouldn't. Exactly. But but you can't reason with some of these people because they want they. This is a multi-billion-dollar business. The abortion cartel makes a ton of money and gets what gets a Planned Parenthood gets six hundred and forty million dollars of taxpayer dollars right. from the federal government to fund. Now I don't know how a five hundred one c three gets taxpayer dollars, but they do. So this is big business, and and so the hue and cry went up when Dobbs overturned Roe versus Wade and corrected the error of almost fifty years. Of course, all of the pro-aborts were were screaming and, and and then they they concocted this lie that somehow now there's that, that there's abort that there is no right to abortion at all well what it, what the Supreme Court did is it simply said we cannot decide that issue this is a matter to be decided in the states it didn't do away with abortion I think they could have gone further Thank they could you. have looked at the Declaration of Independence Absolutely. which informs our Constitution and says that we are we have inalienable rights right. that among those being the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness how come we didn't look at those the, the Declaration of Independence and say well this informs our Constitution and therefore you have to have a fundament to be free to enjoy liberty you must first be alive That's why right. don't why don't we support that right to life but they didn't the the Supreme Court it's a bad pun, split the baby. They just said, well, this is not our issue. It, we are, it's beyond our jurisprudence. We're going to allow the states to decide. And that has given the, these 27 states, like Florida now, mm -hmm. the, the state we're in, that we're talking in, the, the Governor DeSantis, DeSantis has just signed an abortion ban that, that from six weeks on. Mm -hmm. So now that's incrementalism, to be that's sure, true. but that is good. That means we are saving more babies from six weeks on gestationally. That's that's much better than, than what we have before right. uh, Texas has the heartbeat bill Louisiana has the that was the that was the state that brought this uh, the Dobbs case right. as 15 weeks so we're seeing common-sense restrictions on unlimited abortion in most of the states and what are the pro-aborts doing well they're circling the wagons because they are losing market share Right. So they, they, they don't have the ability to have abortion on demand 24-7. So they're going to states like California, where I'm from, or Illinois. Uh, uh, they're starting to do things in, uh, I think it's, um, I forget, I think it's Vermont. They've got a reproductive freedom right. uh, constitutional amendment. They've passed one of those in, in California, which was Proposition 1, which says the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom, which includes abortion and use of contraception. But what does reproductive freedom mean? We don't know. It's one of these Marxist Orwellian terms. We don't know what it means. It sounds really good. I'm free to reproduce, right? Well, you'd think so. But when you say abortion and contraception is included in reproductive freedom, what does that mean? Does that mean artificial reproductive technology? Like, what if I'm a college student and I'm a girl and I want to sell my eggs to a Chinese company because they want to experiment on it or whatever? Don't I have that right? Isn't that my right as reproductive freedom? That could include that. And also the word individual. That is already defined in California law. An individual simply means a person without regard to age or consent, ability to consent. So you can have an eight-year-old 
who wants to enjoy her reproductive freedom. Perhaps she wants to transgender. And so th this is opening a can wow. of worms in, wow. in California. Let me ask you this. Is this going to open up um, issues with, um, with pedo pedophilia? Yes, absolutely. Because what if I am a pedophile and I enjoy, that means I enjoy my reproductive freedom, my sexual enjoyment with young children? Well, the state it's shall not, that. the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom. It's all, it's so ironic because now, because of Proposition 1 in California, we're throwing back to judges, to men in black robes, we're, they're going to have to interpret what exactly does reproductive freedom mean? Does that mean that the pedophile has the right to seduce a, a, an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old and see that eight-year-old or 10-year-old who is being groomed and can ostensibly consent to this grooming, well, that eight-year-old or 10-year-old has reproductive freedom rights. We, we already know from California, it's also happening, SB 107, that was passed into law, and it's signed, it's effective now. And this is really important for anyone who's not in California, I'll tell you why. SB 107 is a law that says, if a child comes from anywhere in the United States and gets into California, whether they're brought there, they're trafficked there, whether maybe it's a divorce situation, or maybe they're a runaway, we don't know how they get there, but once they get there, if they want to transition, if they express the desire, I want to be a boy, I want to be a girl opposite to my, my natural gender, the state can take custody of that child away from parents without even the parental knowledge or consent. That the state can take this and then inject hormone, you know, hormone blockers and give these, these children, these young children, uh, sterilizing surgeries. This is all SB 107. This is California. This exists law. It's now. Now, certainly there are going to be challenges to it. I hope that and I hope they're successful. But the state of the law in California is very dangerous to other states because just imagine like, your, your spouse decides I'm, I've had it. I've had it with you. I'm taking the kids and I'm driving to California. And they're right? done. They can't. They can't. They and have no recourse. You have no recourse except, except for a lawsuit. So this is the danger dangerous kind of, uh, it's the it's unhinged, but th this is all behind, this is a part of the, the abortion cartel the, and, and big pharma because they're selling uh, mifepristone, they're selling, which is the chemical abortion drug. Right. They want they want to capture young women and, and fill them with this idea that pregnancy is dangerous, that pregnancy is some sort of illness, and that the best thing for them is to take a pill, and it's just like Tylenol, they'll say, when it's not. We know for, for a fact that there are risks, we know for a fact from the FDA. We know that 28 women have died in association with taking the abortion pill. In fact, the Right to Life League has created a website for people that you can go to right now. It's abortionpillinjury.com, abortionpillinjury.com, and you can see a short video and you can see the facts. These are all sourced to the FDA. These are the risks, hemorrhaging, sepsis, death. You, I mean, you can, you, women suffer these things by taking the, the chemical abortion pill. This is the same chemical abortion pill that, that the state of uh, the Fifth Circuit is currently weighing right, right now, trying to decide should we, should we require the FDA to follow its own rules when it's a, approving drugs? Right, because that's what's been alleged in this case, right. is that the FDA short-circuited itself. It was pressured by the Bill Clinton administration in association with the Rockefeller Population Council. I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. And that, that the, the FDA was pressured by these, you know, by the administration right. and Rockefeller to kind of fast track 
mifepristone so that, that the chemical abortion pill would be available, you know, for, for women, you know, practically mm -hmm. over the counter. It's not yet. But that's why that's why this district court judge in in uh, Texas just got, he was just attacked viciously because he looked at it and he said, well, the FDA didn't follow its own rules, so I'm going to put a preliminary injunction and everything blew up. And now we're waiting for the Fifth Circuit to, to go through all of this and decide, did the FDA follow its own rules? And every American should be concerned about it because I don't, I mean, look, yes, this is a, the abortion drug. I think it's particularly dangerous, but let's set that aside. What if it was some new drug for losing weight or right. any other drug? And we found out that the FDA did not follow its own rules to keep people safe and approved a dangerous drug that has killed people or a new vaccine, let's say, right? Okay. Yeah. And, and so shouldn't- That's another story. Sh exactly. And shouldn't the, shouldn't the judicial branch hold the federal, you know, the Department of, you know, Food and Drug Administration, the executive branch, shouldn't it hold it to its own rules at least? Of course it should. Sure. But you're gonna hear all of the pro-aborts screaming and they're gonna have the, the world is ending mm. and women are, are going to suffer because they have to bear a child or mm. something like that. That's, that's the state of the politics that are going on right here in, you know, in, in the nation over the, the issue of abortion because they demand the right to kill babies in the womb. Tell me, tell me in specifically in California, because that's where you're from, that's where you're working. Yes. What is the, what are you doing? What can you do and what are you doing in this effort? Because um, I, I, I've heard about California, I've heard about this issue that you're talking about specifically mm -hmm. um, in Florida. I mean, we yes. are freaking out in Florida over California. <laughs> um, it, it's it's insane, but um, yeah, it because because of what can happen and what I'm I'm pretty confident that this is going to start happening. Yes, um, it's just a matter of time. Yes. What, what are y'all doing to fight this? Uh, you well, have a great governor up there, I, I, out there, I hear. Well, Governor um, Gavin Newsom, he is sure pretty, isn't he? And he uh, knows how to go to French Laundry and drink wine. I mean, that's, is, that's a, awesome, right? Yeah, during yeah. COVID. Of course, during COVID, yeah. yeah, when no one else can get out of right, the house, right? right? I know, I know. He was the only safe guy there. So. I know, of course, he was very safe. No, I, I, I'm, we're appalled, of course, by the state of, of, of abortion in California. And the Right to Life League has been in California since it, you know, inception, right. 1967. We educate on the truth of abortion, just like I'm talking to you here. We also fight bad abortion bills in California. We actually had a victory a couple weeks ago. We, we stopped, we helped to stop two bad bills that were targeting pro-life clinics. Awesome. What the, the government wanted to come after pro-life clinics. It was a bill to say, well, you on your website, you are guilty of misinformation. You are guilty of possibly fraudulent business language. So we are going to, this, this would be a, a law that would have, if it had gone into effect, it would be targeting pro-life clinics because of the advertising on their- First on Amendment. Their, right, this and that's professional business speech, which is protected by the First Amendment. It's much easier to, to kill a bill in committee than it is to have to wait and then get wonderful, right. like, like the Thomas More Society, they're fabulous places, they're awesome. they, but that costs a lot of money and you know it, it's it's a mess so if you can stop it in committee it's much better and that was AB 315 and the Right to Life League along with other organizations we all kind of co coordinated awesome. and we protested I went up there to uh, to, to you know, Sacramento I've spoken against many bills like that we all fought the bill and fortunately AB 315 and AB 710 which is similar to it they both failed so that awesome. was really good but they but these pro-abort legislators are pushing so many bills through California It'd make your head spin. You'd think after 2022, they, they, they got 13 bills through that are just, I mean, like the the infanticide bill. Right. They got right. that, it, literally a baby that dies due to perinatal death, due to per causes that occur in utero, 
which means a botched abortion, up to 28 days after birth, you can't investigate it. It's a law now. You cannot investigate it. If you do investigate it, you can get slapped with a lawsuit for $25,000 plus attorney's fees and costs. That's AB 2223. We thought after 2220... And that one passed? That it passed. It's signed into law. It strips the coroner's ability to, to investigate a, a, a baby's death. And, and perinatal simply means the death of a baby born, you know, born alive. Right. Like prenatal is before death, perinatal right. is after. Perinatal so death... they're, they're able, to, if it's a botched abortion... They, and the baby dies. They are legally able to kill the baby, pretty much. Because pretty much, no, yeah. Because there's, there's no, nobody there just going to investigate it, so right. long as the mother consents. If the mother says, this was my preferred pregnancy outcome, she nobody can touch her. And anyone who assists her, anyone, so the abortionist, I don't care, the, the boyfriend, grandma, whoever bought her the, the abortion pills, no doesn't matter, is, well, they're, they're all protected. They cannot be investigated. If the mother has consented to whatever you know has has gone on, and the baby dies, and then of course anybody in the room can just say, "Well, it was a perinatal death due to causes that occur in utero." We'll never know, will we? Right. Because we're not allowed to even investigate it. The, also, that the, the consent is that mm-hmm. is that a signed consent? Yeah, or right. Is that, I, yeah. You know, that's well, what the, I heard. Did you hear yeah. that? Uh, well, the mother herself. I mean, the mother could, of course, if the mother was distraught and she went to the police or the the coroner and asked for an, an investigation. Of course, then then it you could investigate it. That that changes everything. So right. that if if something happened and she wanted the baby, but here the, these are you know young women who may be manipulated or groomed, right. and they have given consent to uh, I don't know a doula or an abortionist, and the baby is born alive. And maybe, maybe these are just hypothetical, but maybe the abortionist or the doula kind of want to cover up the botched abortion right and they kill it after it's born who's going to investigate if the mother has given consent and if she's fine with it she's the only one that can and she's the one that's the victim of these abortionists so that that's that's california that again and sb 107 you can bring your children into california you can bring a a 13 year old just think about what's coming across our border we know that 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 coyotes are trafficking women uh and and the kid women are being raped so let's let's imagine a 14 year old girl brought into california and she's pregnant right maybe she doesn't even understand the system might not even speak english very well so she can be taken into Planned Parenthood by her coyote or whoever's her pimp and she can be getting an abortion and she better be quiet because maybe the pimp is standing right there so she can yeah. be bullied into it and then they abort her child and she's given consent and no one's going to ever ever find out right because she has a fundamental reproductive right to have an abortion at any time in That's California. Insane. It's insane. insane, but that is California, and that is why the Right to Life League is here at the Florida Homeschooling Convention to, to, to gather more support, to get, to get people aware of what's going out in California, because we can't just keep putting our heads in our sand yeah. and just say, well, I'm so glad I'm here in a nice, you know, pro-life state, and don't I have a nice governor? Well, that's great, but we are one nation, and that's you know right. what? We have to heal. We have to heal all of these states. We have to minister. We have to come alongside these women who are scared out of their mind. They've bought the propaganda that the pregnancy is some sort of disease and that they're gonna, their whole life's gonna be ruined. The way, that, the way that you change this is you come alongside them, you big sister them, and you say, you know what, don't be afraid. We will walk you through. You need resources, okay. Do you need rent? What do you need? 
we will show you an ultrasound of your baby. This is a baby, this is not a clump of cells. Right. You can see the little arms and the legs. Even at, at you know, at, at eight weeks, you can see the, you know, you see the heartbeat, all of these different things, these features. This is not a clump of cells. That puts the lie to what Planned Parenthood and the abortion cartel want to sell. And once she sees that baby in an ultrasound, most women choose life. And then, then it's just a matter of just saying, don't be afraid. And that's, that's what these pro-life clinics are so good at doing. Right. They minister. A lot of them are, are religiously based. Some are not. But they minister to these women and just say, it's okay. We'll walk you through. And if you don't want to be a parent, that's okay. How about adoption, right? But you don't kill a baby just because it's inconvenient. Right. And that's the other part of the lie that, that Planned Parenthood and the abortion cartel has been selling us, that, that, you know, rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Well, that is less than 2% of all the abortion stats that we have available. And believe me, the abortion industry hides statistics. Sure so we do. don't have e everything that, you know, we should have. We don't have all the data. But of the data that we do have, the, the rape and incest, that's way, way, way low. And life, even if you throw in life of the mother, it is less than 2%. Wow. So how about we, how about instead of having the tail wag the dog, how about we set those aside, those are the hard cases, and how about we talk about the 98% the the that, are, that are abortions for convenience or out of fear. How about we stop those by reassuring these women? I mean, we've got $100 billion going over to Ukraine. How right. come we can't keep, I don't know, $10 billion? Don't you think we could change women's lives with sure. $10 billion? Or how about just $1 billion? How about that? So that we could change women's lives and educate them and help them. Maybe they're in an abusive situation. Maybe they're afraid or maybe they think their mom or dad is going to be mad. Okay, we can solve that. We can, and that's why we at the Right to Life League, we you know partner with maternity homes and pro-life clinics and centers to give these women the resources that they need to overcome the fear that has been given to them by the abortion cartel. That's why it's so important. And this must meet, it must be a national movement. It, it can't just be a state movement because yeah, a lot of people are leaving California because they're taxing us to death and because of the politics, I understand that. But we have to have compassion for these women who are left behind. We are considering, um, building a wall in Florida. <laughs> Susan, I so, I so appreciate I Well, so, California may just fall off into the ocean and then that that's the edge of the world, you know. Well, I've, and I've, I've seen some <laughs> possibilities there, but we, we so appreciate what you're doing and, and the fight that you're you're in. We we do appreciate that. And um, I, I believe that this issue is one of the, the foundations of America that if we lose this battle, we're, and we are, Quite honestly, I mean, um, you know, there was a small win. There was a small, small win on the on the overturn of Roe v. Wade, but that was a big win. That was huge. It is. It's huge. And look what's resulted. We've got we've got Things protection in Texas and Florida. Twenty-seven states have enacted protections against abortion. So life is winning. Life did, is absolutely winning. Did Newsom actually? Um, did, did he like offer to pay women to go across? Was that, did he do that or not? I'm not aware of that. Okay. I, ha, I don't know that. But I, I do know that, that what he did is he partnered with the Future of Abortion Council. They, you know, the, they call them FAB, you know, Future of Abortion. I call them the abortion cartel. This is 40 different groups that are, you know, abortion-minded. Yeah. So that's the Future of Abortion Council. He partnered with them to pass all of this legislation. Gotcha. He did that in 2021, right before all of this started. And so th they are just marching right down through their, their, their sick death agenda so that they keep protecting abortion clinics and they keep trying to defund or muzzle or silence pro-life because right. they, they, they don't want to allow because pro-life messaging wins it's a it's a message of hope it's a message of love 
it's compassion and it's it is hopeful and when you start telling women that and they and you give them these options most of them choose life another statistics and this is from the Guttmacher Institute which is the right hand arm of Planned Parenthood okay yep. uh, Alan Guttmacher was a big fan of Margaret Sanger who was uh, herself a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant who believed in uh, eugenics and she wanted to control the black brown and Catholic populations that's why she came up with birth control and started pushing abortion in the black communities that's that's just history that's okay that's and her buddy was Alan Guttmacher he's the one that came up with the idea of huh you know if we can say that pregnancy is dangerous or, or endangers a woman's health then abortion is health care right. ding 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 that's how he came up with that well Alan Guttmacher's Institute gathers all kinds of data and statistics in 2014 they, they ran a statistic and they found that 73 percent of women who chose abortion said they did so because they didn't feel like they had any other choice that means they're desperate okay right. that means they don't have any other options they're in poverty they might be facing homelessness and they're desperate that how about we minister to those let's fix the 73 percent i believe in incrementalism let's save every baby we can and then we come back and we save more and i think we're winning i'm seeing it in florida i'm seeing it in texas i'm seeing it i'm sorry i'm seeing it throughout the nation and more and more people all we have to do is wake them up and more and more people, we are a very compassionate Christian nation. We love children. We love women. And, and we, we don't want anybody to die. We don't want anyone to, to suffer. In fact, for, as adoption, there are 36 couples for every baby wow. in, in like foster care that to be adopted. There are 36 couples waiting for the opportunity to adopt. So there That's is no huge. such thing as an unwanted child. That's there huge. just isn't. So there's homes for all of them. Susan, we just have us. to gather around this and be a pro-life nation. How can we get involved? You, you, sure. you mentioned a yet website a little bit earlier. Sure. Mention that again and how can how can people, for, for example in Florida, get involved in the battle that, that you have going on? Right. The, the, the Right to Life League is the website. Right to lifeleague.org okay. right to lifeleague.org okay. you can go there you can see some of the programs that we're doing you can hit that donate button because you know we that that's all we do they're just they're they're very good uh, pro-life people who just help us keep our doors open so that we can continue to fight against bad laws we can preach you know the the truth about abortion and that we can also help to these pro-life clinics and centers and homes in in California keep their doors open like we just did two weeks ago we just did an ultrasound training for nurses because they have to they have to stay up to speed on the latest sure. ultrasound techniques so, so we we ran a clinic for them so that they could come in and we found uh, pregnant models who would you know come in and allow them to themselves to be uh, scanned so right. that these women could practice the nurses could practice on real you know pregnant women and then and they learn the techniques that they they can use in the pro-life clinics awesome. well yeah that's what they need they need material support sometimes we will buy an ultrasound machine for a for um, a clinic that needs that or maybe there's other kind of medical training or things that we can provide them so that they keep their doors open because they're the boots on the ground, these clinics and these centers and these maternity homes because th that's who's ministering to these women who are so desperate. And that's how you can help. And, and we need more people engaged in California. You can't just wash your hands and say, I'm so glad I'm out of there that's because, right. you know, I, I feel right. that. I understand that. But you know what? We are abandoning these women. We're abandoning them. And it's actually kind of sad because they're, as more and more people are flooding across the border, they're going to be using up more and more of the resources that should be going to American That's citizens right. as well. So who is going to be ministering to these women? Well, abo the, the abortion cartel is. Planned Parenthood is is funding these these um, clinics that are in uh, 
like downtown, you know, centers of, you know, where minority communities are. They, they target these. Right. There's a disparate in, racial impact in their business model. They go into areas where there are, you know, blacks and browns that to a disproportionate amount because that's who they're wanting to, to, to sell abortion to. Right. This is a multi-million dollar, in, billion dollar industry, and we can't allow those women to be to be harmed like this. Right. And we we need to stop the, the the abortion pill too. I really am hoping that the Fifth Circuit does the right thing. Yeah, same, same. And that's why we all have to start standing up. Everybody does. You can do something. You can talk about it. You can share our website. You can get involved on a local level. You can hit the donate button at the righttolifeleague.org if you can. But we all have to. We all have to start doing something where we are. God already has his army. He has us all placed exactly where he needs us. All we have to do is respond to his call and say, well, I don't know what I can do, but I can do this. That's right. And whatever that is, when, if you're listening to me, it's there's something that occurs to you, well, I can do this. I can go to my church group or I can call up my friend or you know what? There's that lady in California. You know what? I can send her an email. Whatever it is, something's going to occur to you because God already has you where he needs you. All we have to do is be his army. That is Susan Swift. She has said a mouthful. And uh, I so appreciate your, your battle, your fight. And uh, we all need to get involved in the, in the try to stop um, this scourge on America. And this is exactly what it is. So thank you again, and God bless you. God bless you, and God bless America. Worldview Truth.